Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and we're up to the fourth quadrant of home ground advantage. You know, uh, it's a great story. I was walking through uh, New York, Manhattan, down in the laundry district where I was staying with some people on one trip and uh, walking their dog at about 6 a.m. And um, I came across a, a small church and the church was getting ready with their A-frames out the front for a an all-day seminar that was being held. I think it must have been a Saturday morning, uh, given that the church wasn't doing church service. And uh, there was an announcement out the front that Zig Ziglar, if you, if you Google him, Zig Ziglar, he was really famous in America's for, uh, heyday of motivational speakers, was doing a, an all-day presentation there on um, family life and... You know, I, I was walking with the dog and it was, it was a lovely morning and um, I think it was drizzling a little bit and I and there were, I don't know, 30 people out the front with brochures and getting their A-frames ready and sorting things out with scones and biscuits for the, for the thing. And it turns out it was for people who were struggling a little bit in life and it was sort of a breakfast soup kitchen come talk by Zig Ziglar and... Uh, I got talking to this guy out front and I said, oh, you know, I'm a speaker and I travel around the world and I speak about this stuff. I'd love to meet Zig Ziglar. And he goes, it's me. <laughs> and I'm standing there talking to one of the more, more famous people in my industry. I didn't even have a clue what he looked like. But anyway, the long and the short of it, I got talking to him and he, he gave me a very warm and beautiful, loving, very Christian welcome to come to the church and listen to the lecture. So I jogged the dog back to the house that where I was staying, changed my clothes and went back and sat in. So Zig Ziglar at that time would have been in, in his early 70s or late 70s and he looked at, he was a fairly well-worn human being but a very bright, sparkly sort of guy, um, an air constitution and um, he stood up and told a series of hilarious stories about home ground advantage. The first thing he did, he reeled off every American basketball, baseball and football team who had uh, statistics of having won way more games at home than away. And, of course, the audience was cram-packed, full of people, and the baseline in America, no matter how impoverished you are or how wealthy you are, the baseline in America is one of those three sports. Um, and his statistics were in, incomprehensibly um, accurate in, in, in validating the fact that home ground advantage is a real thing, that, you know, New York Jets won so many percent, like 80% of all their games at home until they moved stadiums, which wasn't their home stadium, and then they lost them all. Anyway, it went on and on. But he told this story and I, I, still, I still feel emotional about it every time I tell it. He told this story about him travelling around America, um, constantly flying to do speaking engagements, to speak his speak about sales and training people in, in how to present themselves and sell. And he talked about the fact that if he was in New York and his speaking uh, gig finished at 11 p.m. and there was a 1 a.m. flight out of LaGuardia to his hometown, which was in Spookville, Tennessee or somewhere, 
he would catch the plane and arrive at two o'clock in the morning in this little place, get in his car, which he'd left at the airport, and drive home to get home by 3 a.m. because he wanted to be home. He wanted to be home. And he didn't want to be home because it was the right thing to do. He wanted to be home because he believed that was his home ground advantage. He believed that when he got home to his children and to his, to his wife and to the family home and to all the heirlooms and things that they decorate their home ground home with, he had a home ground advantage. And he attributed that, that alone to his success. He said, any other person who stays in hotels, bit by bit they diminish, they diminish their, their energy the hotels are doing their best to make a home, but they're not a home. And he said, I flew home. And if it, even if it meant 24 hours later jumping on a plane flying back again to do another gig at the same place, I would do that. I would spend the money to get home ground advantage. Now, was it a placebo? Was it real? It didn't matter. He believed it. And as you know, if you've read the book Placebo... 90% of all placebos come true. So placebo or no placebo, proven by sports teams around the world, demonstrated by so many examples he had out of the baseline of American life, which is the sport world of footy and baseball and basketball. He demonstrated that he also could capitalise on home ground advantage. The last of the quadrants that we're going to talk about today of home ground advantage and the piece of the video that I deliberately made quite controversial is power. Your power. I've seen so many relationships between partners where one partner is afraid to endorse the magnificent power of their partner just in case that individual, that powerful person would not want to come home to them. I have seen this happen over and over again, that as a person grows in their career, their spouse, their partner at home becomes negative and diminishing and critical and therefore fearful that they're going to lose the person that they depend on because the person they depend on is becoming more powerful. And so what they do in the home, they criticise them. Now, if you're being criticised by your partner, if you're in a home where your partner is criticising you, that is an act of love. It is saying that they think you're bigger than them. We don't put people down who are less than us. We only put people down if they think they're bigger than us. And so, whether you have a home where your partner is praising your power, whether you have a home where the partner is criticising your power, you have a home where you can feel and connect to and own your power. Now, that means... Every moment you spend at home 
wasting time, drinking alcohol, watching TV, fiddling around with social media diminishes your power because you're basically treating yourself as a small person. Instead of looking at books or buying books that exemplify the world that you want to construct out there, thinking about different ways to enhance the planet, different ways to to bring social and global consciousness into your home. This is where you stand with a straight back. Now, I used in the video, I used the example of this magnificent human being with a beautiful look in their face, looking at the camera, unashamed of who they are, proud to be in all their body and all their dimensions who they are, looking straight down the barrel of the camera. Any meditation you do that makes you shy away from this power is killing you. Everything you do in your house that shies away from you being your power and having a vision and a dream board and believing in yourself and every comment your partner makes, whether it's to endorse you or whether it's to criticize you, helps you build that power as long as that power is something that you value. Now, sitting in a bucket of ice on the beach for some people is a way of what they call cleansing themselves or releasing their toxins or doing whatever. I'm not interested in this stuff. You want to die toxic. You want to die powerful. You want to die someone who lived it, who tried it, who tested it, who walked proud, who walked tall. They even talk about this in swimming, you know, attitude. Attitude in swimming is everything. Your attitude when you swim in a pool determines how high your chest is, whether you sink your chest as a depressed person would or hold your chest proud, whether you pull your neck in, your chin into your neck, it determines whether you're struggling with your brain to swim or actually letting your body do it for you. The inclination of your feet when you swim is an attitude. I like the acronym for being at home, which is for the power of you as being real, R-E-A-L. My partner uh, 20 years ago was Virginia and she and I built a business in New York which uh, due to the World Trade Center and everything uh, being attacked uh, didn't uh, proceed. We lost 57 million in that day. Virginia has recently passed away and left this planet uh, due to some cancer. But Virginia's um, a mark on this planet will live long after her and Virginia's mark on this planet was the acronym REAL and I, my business was called REAL SPIRIT and I ran 3,000 workshops all over the North America called REAL SPIRIT and the REAL means reality, energy, attitude and life and if you want to curl that last one a little bit you can call it love. But I like reality, energy, attitude, life. Reality is how we deal with frustration because our frustrations are mostly when our expectations don't meet reality. And the question is, is your expectation true or is reality true? And frustration is such an earmark of unconsciousness, of stubbornness, of stuckness, of criticism, of self-depreciating and loss 
of power. So the first step in holding this beautiful presence and this beautiful power around your home and not diminishing yourself by doing low value, low self-worth tasks is reality. Reality is worthy of love. Reality is real. Reality is and expectations are where it's all screwed up. Energy. Four things happen about your energy. You build it, you store it, you stop the loss of it, and you direct it. Those four things in the, in the mind and the heart of a powerful person never, never stop happening. Build it, store it, stop the loss, project it, or direct it. Attitude. An attitude of gratitude, an attitude of life. When I took people to Nepal over 60 trips, the biggest problem I had was attitude sickness, never altitude sickness. I never had altitude sickness. I had attitude sickness. People wanted to go too fast. People wanted to go too slow. People didn't want to be there. People said they were going to be there, but they weren't there. People whose attitude was sick got sick. Attitude is everything. And you know the attitude that we've, we've, we've shared in, in Inner Wealth, which is gratitude, presence, certainty and love. And life, well, life is work and play. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.